BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Yellowstone Spurs Cast, episode 588. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Benjamin Bornstein. In this episode, Ben and I will discuss the latest developments for next season, next week's draft, and the Spurs being involved in numerous trade rumors. Let's get started. Well, Ben, you know, I had you on last week. We were, we were preparing for the draft, and all of a sudden, we're just flooded with news about the Spurs and rumors. <laughs> trades and and moving up moving down in the, in the draft it is like crazy right now like i can't even uh go through a few hours without there being some sort of news regarding the spurs how, how have you been keeping up with this <laughs> um awkwardly uh mostly on twitter uh you know it's been a lot man it's a lot of a lot of rumors it's been a very noisy off season for a team that rarely ever makes noise even during the season for any reason so uh, I don't know how much of this is smoke and mirrors, mm-hmm. or mostly mirrors, and so that's what makes it difficult to decipher because everybody is claiming they have some sort of rumor, but you know what? I haven't seen anything from Woj. I don't think yeah. I've seen anything from Shams, <laughs> yeah. so you know, how legit are these rumors? That's what I want to know. Yeah, for sure. But, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting time. I'm excited. We're gonna yes. we're gonna have uh, some something crazy going on in the draft next week. I hope I I, I could <laughs> see just about any team in the top six trying to trade away their pick desperately to get picks for next year. 
Yeah. So like, you know, yeah, just like we said, like Van just said there, it's just been crazy going on um, all these rumors. So Spurs cast listeners, I do want to put a timestamp on when we are recording this, because like we said, there's been, there's been so much rumors and news coming out that, that it may be, it may change by the time you all listen to this. So we are recording this at 8.30 PM central time on Thursday night. So again, you're, as we're recording this, it's Thursday night at 8.30 PM. So if things change, well, then you know why uh, we're talking about this. It's old news at this point. Okay. So man, let's go ahead and jump into this. Let's go to the latest news regarding the Spurs. Um, first of all, the NBA and NBA PA, a player association did approve the 21 20 the 2021 season plans we, we discussed this in detail last week so i just want to kind of go through the, the the main points here so it is it is officially approved a 72 a 72 game season the first game will be on december 22nd for some nba teams i don't know about the spurs but the for, for sure the first game uh will be for for some most likely the lakers on december 22nd a uh, free agency officially starts um teams can start negotiating with free agents on November 20th. Officially, they can start signing contracts on November 22nd. Training camp hasn't been decided, but it's likely going to be December 1st, like we've mentioned. And then also what's even more interesting about this offseason plans is that the moratorium could be lifted before the draft. So that is, that is, that's interesting because a lot of players with player options like DeMar DeRozan, players who are going to be restricted for agents like Jakob Pertl, players with non-guaranteed deals like Trey Lyles, there may be a chance that the Spurs can know what's going to happen with these players before they even get to the draft. And what does that mean? Well, then that means that kind of changes their draft um, positioning, not positioning, but um, uh, uh, how they're evaluating the draft because now they, they, actually, they would actually know who's on the team for sure next year, maybe who's not or what's the situation. So I think that, and not just for the Spurs, but for the whole league, that's, that could be important if the moratorium is lifted uh, before the draft because normally it's lifted after the draft uh, when players are getting ready to start um, talking to teams. So uh, let's just go through these main uh, parts about the season get, um, you know, getting approved. What do, what do you think about all this news? This, this is how you're going to get people to not breathe for about three weeks straight, all right? I'm, I'm going to, every time after this I talk to you, I'm going to be out of breath because I'm going to be whipping my head back and forth at the news that's coming out of every corner of the NBA universe. All right? It's, it's going to be chaos. It's anarchy. It's everything the Joker dreamed of in 2008. And I, I am terrified of what's going to happen, lifting moratoriums early. You're going you're gonna to have absolute chaos. Teams are... I mean, it will, pro- it will probably be an advantage to teams. Like you said, they're going to know what their potential free agents are doing, what they want to do. And so that can give you an idea of what teams are now valuing, if they're going really, if they're going to legitimately trade out of their pick, if they're going to trade up, if they're going to trade down. And so it, it is going to be a whirlwind, I think, starting as soon as Monday night and mm-hmm. just taking us all the way through Thursday, through the draft. And it's going to be absolute mayhem. Yeah, and I, for, I forgot to mention, they could even start you know, executing trades if they lift the moratorium. So that's even that's another part is like some players may not be there on a roster. So then all of a sudden the teams know exactly where they want to draft. I mean, not, not where, but uh, what position they want to look for in the draft uh, when those players become available. All right, so some other news regarding the Spurs lately uh, is um, some assistant coaching changes. We did find out that Tim Duncan is stepping away from coaching um, with the team. As 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 an uh, as an assistant coach, you know he spent last last season with the, with as an assistant with the Spurs for the first season. Uh, he didn't go to the NBA bubble um, with with the um, with the team. He stayed he stayed behind and helped uh, Lamarcus Aldridge with his rehab. Uh, so he, now that Timmy's stepping away, he'll still kind of be around the facility, you know, in some capacity, informal capacity, where he'll still like help out with player development just here in town in San Antonio and, and working with the, with the prospects and young, younger players. But he wanted actually be you know on the road or as, as an assistant coach on the roster. So what's happened now because Timmy's um you know off the team in terms of being an assistant coach well that means mitch johnson who was an assistant coach last year has been promoted um you know he's still an assistant coach but he's probably going to be one of pop's top three assistants now 
filling Timmy's void that, that he's not there anymore. So now it's probably Becky Hammond, uh, Will Hardy, and now Mitch Johnson. And then also um, a former NBA player who I think he was uh, doing scouting for the Spurs, Darius Sangaila. Uh, he's actually been, been elevated to the assistant coaching position that was vacated by uh, Mitch Johnson. So now Mitch Johnson gets replaced by um, Darius Sangaila. So basically he's, they have four assistant coaches now, along with, you know, Chipping and, and, and some, some of the others. So, uh, so what did you think about uh, this news about Timmy stepping away and then, um, you know, these other promotions? I think that was always his plan. I don't, he was not long for the assistant coaching world. He very much likes, I think he, he definitely wants to be around the team. He's very much, he's very much a guy who just wants to be around them, you know, give some guys pointers, help out when he can, but not, not have to have an official label, not have to be an assistant coach and have certain responsibilities. You know, he's, he, you know, he's, he's made enough money in his lifetime. He can kind of hang out and do whatever he wants so what, what does he want to do? He wants to hang out with his team. He wants to hang out with Greg Popovich. But he doesn't want to really have any responsibilities. He just wants to say, hey, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to pick on the young guys. I'm going to show them a few things. We'll have some fun. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, again, he'll, he'll still be around, you know, the team, be a part of the part of the, the group uh, that here in San Antonio. Um, all right, now let's go ahead and jump right into the trade rumors. So, again, this isn't official news. These are just rumors that are popping up regarding the Spurs from some credible outlets. Uh, let's begin first. Um, let's focus on the, the LaMarcus Aldridge rumors. So, right after you and I recorded last week um, on Thursday, the following Thursday, uh, Zach Lowe had Bobby Marks of ESPN. They had a podcast together, and Zach Lowe mentioned that he had heard that the Warriors were, were looking at trying to get LaMarcus Aldridge for the number two pick and then exchange the, the Spurs would send LaMarcus Aldridge and, um, and, uh, and the number 11 pick to the Warriors. And most likely the contract that would have to be included there is probably Andrew Wiggins just to make the, the money work uh, for both sides. And then also now on, um, on, uh, on Thursday – uh, that you and I are recording this, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer actually confirmed that, saying that he's kind of heard the same thing. He didn't. He didn't mention O'Connor didn't mention who um, you know would be involved in the trade, but he did mention that the Warriors do uh, have a lot of interest in acquiring Aldridge. So let's first focus on this. Um, oh, let me just read you um, two more pieces of news here that we've kind of heard on Wednesday. We heard Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports say uh, the Spurs are up to something. It's rare for them, but they are talking to lots of people. Uh, and then also Matt Babcock of Babcock, Hoop, uh, Babcock Hoops said, there is a growing sense among NBA circles that the San Antonio Spurs' front office is currently up to something big behind the scenes. So again, we're hearing a lot of draft of trade buzz about the Spurs, and normally we don't hear that about this team. So let's focus first on the LaMarcus rumor. What do you think about this? And so then also... Drama with these guys. Ooh, go ahead. Ooh, something big. Ooh, yeah, well, guess what? I was up to something big too. I had a great lunch, right? I had two sides and a burger, and it was fantastic. That's what I was up to. It's rare. I don't usually treat myself to two sides. Does that count as something big? I don't know anymore. But as far as the LaMarcus Aldridge rumors go, you know, that one has some merit. I, I, it makes sense. I mean, it has merit in the sense that, you know, those those pieces would work out and they the, the math works. Mm-hmm. But – I had this discussion with a few people on Twitter and, and I think most of us agreed that, you know, if this is a team that's looking to win, you're not really going to bring in Andrew Wiggins. You're, he's not a long-term solution. Yeah. He's maybe a guy, he's still young. He has a, a prove it season and he, his contract doesn't s- seem as bad as it is. It's pretty, it's pretty hefty right now. I want to say it's 32 mil this year. And so if you can, if he can go out there and he's playing incredibly well in the first half of the season, he might be trade bait for the Spurs to pick up assets in next year's draft, to be honest. And I think it would be a great turnaround for them if they, if they can get rid of 
LaMarcus Aldridge, who is a huge hit on their cap. Yeah, they take Wiggins in return, but mm-hmm. if you're going to turn around and, and send him off later in the year anyway, it's not as big a deal. So you get the number two pick, and you can pick a James Wiseman or an Obi Toppin or an Onyeka Okongwu, what, you know, whoever you prefer. At number two, I prefer James Wiseman. But if you can do all that and you end up getting assets down the road for 2021 from another team, it honestly doesn't even matter what – how high or how low the picks are if they're as long as they're in the first round because this the next year's draft is going to be deep and I'm sure and I'm sure everyone has heard that by now mm-hmm. several times that next year's draft is supposed to be much better and of course you know five years from now we're probably going to turn around and say well we were idiots it turns out that 2020 draft was much better you're going to have a bunch of dudes in the second round who are balling out for no reason but I shouldn't say no reason they earn it obviously but. I, I, I don't know that if you can get rid of LaMarcus Aldridge's contract, I think that would be huge. And I also think getting up to number two, you draft his replacement immediately. And that's a guy who should be playing immediately. And then you can, depending on how the moratorium goes, you will know whether you have Jakob Pertl still. And mm. if you do, then he's still a backup and he's a darn good backup that you want on your team and if you don't have them then yeah you definitely need to draft a big man anyway so you can't really lose if you're picking James Wiseman Obi Toppin or, or Onyeka Okongwu there although again my preference is James Wiseman at number two so that's what I think of the LaMarcus Aldridge trade rumors take that Zach Lowe <laughs> so yeah, let me just provide um you know those actual details because yeah, you, I'm glad you 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 mentioned that because I want to provide it. Wiggins's contract info. I didn't realize it's actually three years. So yeah, so so Wiggins this upcoming season would make thirty million twenty nine point five. Then the following season thirty one point five million, and then the la- the next season thirty two uh, twenty two twenty three. His last year of his contract would be thirty three point six. So exactly like the, the Spurs are you know, and again Wiggins you know he he's obviously been a very inconsistent player. He's, he hasn't really lived up to the potential for being a number one overall pick. But you know if, if they want to put him in a role as, as a three, if if they, if they do get rid of DeRose in the future or even maybe coming off the bench. And like you mentioned, Ben, try to get him uh, very productive and then maybe trade him down the road, you know, if they can within, because they would have three years, you know, to try to make that type of deal. Uh, so, and so I was going to, that was actually my next question, which, uh, which you basically said you, you gave us the answer there. I was going to ask, you know, if they really did do this, it was a real offer and they, they and they accepted it. Uh, they, you think that they would take uh, James Wiseman, right? At number two, if the Spurs actually did get the number two pick. They should. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and I see him. Yeah. He's, he's basically second on pretty much all the mocks at this point now. So, yeah. So again, uh, we'll see what's, what's, what happens with the Marcus again. I think that's more so a, a move by golden state who wants to, you know, that we have seen the rumors that, that they don't really want to go on that. It, it's tougher than being with the number two pick because, you know, it is a chance to start going toward the future, but they, you know, they want to compete now and give Steph Draymond and clay their best chance at a championship. So that's why uh, you, you are hearing players like LaMarcus. I've heard, I've heard on some, some podcasts of, of Blake Griffin, they're looking at as well, just some sort of um player who's, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, that wasn't a previous all-star or all NBA level player is why they're, they're looking at that. So again, we'll kind of figure out what happens, but again, Kevin O'Connor, Zach, will mentioned that um, recently. All right, let's move on to the next player. And that's DeMar DeRozan. Um, O'Connor also mentioned that uh, that the Lakers have interest in DeRozan, and, and if they were try to, tr- to try to trade for him on Thursday, he, he mentioned that uh, it would be for Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green. What do you think about this deal? Oh, Kyle Kuzma and Danny Green do not inspire any sort of confidence in me. Um, and I believe, if, uh, if I'm correct here, and I think I heard this, I think it was in a tweet you sent, 
mm-hmm. you would have to sign and trade DeMar DeRozan and his contract doesn't come off the books this year anyway. Is that correct? So he, he's, he has a choice coming up uh, where he's, he has his player option, $27 million, and he has to decide on that five days before free agency officially begins. Uh, they haven't given us a specific date, but um, it, he, the most likely option is he is going to opt into that. So then it's $27 million, and it works out. You can send Danny and, and, and Kyle to, for DeRozan $27 million for their two salaries. It works out. However, like you mentioned, the sign and trade out is something where De, if DeRozan wanted to be with the Lakers longer, they wanted him longer than one year, then he could decline the option with the Spurs, and then they could do a sign and trade together. And, and figure something out with the Lakers because the Lakers are so that the, the Spurs would sign him to whatever length contract yeah, you wanted three to Lakers four years send mm-hmm. them to the Lakers and then send the Lakers then in exchange that that could work out as well that's again that's only if the Lakers want to have a long-term relationship with him not just a you know not just a one year or or they yeah or, or you could you could hope that all right well yeah he's going to opt in they'll trade him but we still think we can get him to resign so we're not going to worry about it but I don't know if anybody operates that way anymore because nobody has that kind of confidence, um, at least in players being able to make that decision. Um, so, yeah, the numbers might work out, but that doesn't make me feel confident at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Kuzma was a guy who claimed to be the third best player on the Lakers and was coming off the bench and says, oh, I'd be a starter on any other team. And I'm starting to wonder, is that true? And then Danny Green proved that, he has now become a, somewhat of a liability on defense and his shooting has left him, or at least it did in the postseason. So I'm curious to see if that would come back to him and really would the Spurs want to bring back – they like Danny Green. He knows the system. That wouldn't mm-hmm. be an issue. He would pick it up super quick and you could plug and play him immediately. The, the issue really comes down to do we want Danny Green taking minutes away – from our other guards that we are trying to develop. That's what that comes down to. Whereas Kyle Kuzma, you can play him at the three or four. He'll get plenty of minutes because they, they have a deficit at those positions. The Spurs do. So in that regard, it might be all right, but he's still not a player who I think is as good as he thinks he is. Yeah. And so that like, again, with Kuzma, you know, the, the way his contract works is that, um, you know, he, 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 uh, he has one more year left and the next year he becomes a, a restricted free agent. So he's still on his rookie deal. So really this could be like that year where like, you know, given a more opportunity with the Spurs where maybe he could see if, you know, if, uh, if maybe he, sh- if they should try to extend him next year or let him go into restricted free agency next year and see how much he can get on the market or if the Spurs can match it. So again, there, there's a chance that we kind of see what he really has his, his potential. He is 25. He's a lot younger. Uh, than Danny whereas Danny he is 33 like you mentioned the Spurs you know know what he does he would fit in easily but again he's taken away from from younger players that that roll with the two and the three and also you know San Antonio has traded him before so it, it obviously showed that they were ready to move on from him and so I think that Danny's contract and because he's a three and D wing I think that he would maybe be attractive to other other teams where they can maybe flip him uh he's a, he, I think his contract's like 15 million a year so like I think that's what they would do with Danny is kind of hold on to him until the, the trade deadline try to try to move him to like another playoff team see what other kind of assets they can get and then maybe keep Kuzma and then of course you know with DeRozan uh you know at first when I uh, Trevor Trevor Zickraff um had sent me a, a very similar trade idea um, before this actually got reported and and he had um Danny and somebody else in it I think it was um Quinn Cook uh and anyway I was just wondering if, if DeRozan would fit the Lakers but then I thought about how, how they just won the championship and they had guys like Rondo guys who, who aren't known for shooting and they still they, they figured out they just have really um, um high level IQ players on their team and so I think DeRozan LeBron and AD could make something work so again it's interesting to see it looks like the Spurs though out of all these rumors are looking to move on from Aldridge and DeRozan so that's why I see you know, you know if they can get some sort of value like in you know, a young player like Kuzma then I, th- I think it, you know they should tr- try to give it a shot 
Um, but how dare you call Rondo a non-shooter? How <laughs> dare you, sir? <laughs> he actually shot well in the bubble, surprisingly. So he did. Small sample size, but yeah, hey, it worked out in the finals, so that works out. So, um, yeah, okay. The last player um, regarding some some trade rumors is Patty Mills. This came out also on Thursday, according to O'Connor, and also Keith Smith of Yahoo. They both um, are reporting this that uh, that the um, the Sixers and the Bucks are are interested in um, in Patty Mills. If it is a deal with the Sixers, they're looking to trade Mills for Josh Richardson. Um, so, what do you think about this about this reported rumor? Josh Richardson wouldn't be a bad return. Uh, he's a nice little player. You can get him for Pat. He gets you younger. He gets taller. He gets you a little more defense. Still a shooter. So, but again, you fall into the trap of he's a guard. Mm-hmm. And how much time is he going to take away from these other guards? So, you know, I, I don't hate that trade. Granted, a lot of people are going to be upset because they love Patty Mills, and they should. Mm-hmm. Great, great player, great character guy, phenomenal human being. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Spurs trifecta, if you will. And so I think it would be really hard to let him go, but I think the Spurs would do it for the right price, and I think Josh Richardson might be the right price. And that, that is also dependent on his contract, which I imagine is not very much right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's about so he's got one year guaranteed. It's like I think it's like ten million, and then he has a player option next year. Um, I think it's like eleven point six million. I had just written this up. I should have remembered it. But yeah, okay, it's it's about you know ten to twelve million the next two that's years. That's not terrible. Yeah, and Patty um, is in the last year of his deal too, by the way. So like he he he, yes. he will be a free agent next season. Um, so that, I mean, that's, those are numbers you can live with if you're going to take on Josh Richardson, especially since he is so young. He's on the right side of thirty, a little more athletic than Patty at this point. He could he could provide a nice little boost. I, I wouldn't hate that. Um, but if I'm the Spurs, you know, I don't I don't know if I want another guard. I mean, if I'm going to trade away a guy that I really like, I want assets in return. I want picks. Mm-hmm. I I am I am all in on 2021, the 21 draft, the 21 free agency class. If I'm the Spurs, I am going all in. I am freeing up as much cap space as I can. If I have to, I hit the cap, I hit the salary floor. I, I want the league warning me that I'm paying my players too little, that I don't, <laughs> I, don't have enough, <laughs> I don't have enough salary devoted to my players. That's what I want the league telling me if I'm the Spurs, right? And, and they can do that if they get rid of, if DeMar DeRozan goes, you don't need to sign and trade for him. If, if his salary comes off the payroll if LaMarcus Aldridge comes off the payroll and yeah maybe you take on some expiring contracts this year and then that way you're free next summer to go pursue possibly two guys you know you you maybe want two supermax guys or or that you wouldn't have the bird rights so it would be the max guys or you get three really good players and you, Mm -hmm. you know you get a couple of big men and a wing or a couple of wings and a big man and you're running with the guards that you like now they understand the system. They've been here for years. They know how it's going to work. And you're feeling confident going in to the 21-22 season. Yeah, and now that you just mentioned that, you know, saving that cap space for next year because it is, you know, that's, that's actually a summer where they're going to have LaMarcus coming off the books, DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, all these players, vet players are going to be off the books. Now that actually makes me wonder if, if, you know, if the Warriors were to throw that offer at them, you know, Wiggins and, and the number two pick, if they would, because like, like we said, Wiggins is going to take up 30 million of that cap space next year. I mean, I mean, no, th- I think it's like 31, uh, whatever the number was. So like, that's another factor I think they, 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 they're going to try to weigh as well. But I think that the, 
the um, the other side of it is that they would get the number two pick and you know and their future player and probably Wiseman if they, if that were to happen. So that's something you know the Spurs got to think about. Uh, the last two things, Brandon, let's talk about some trading up and trading down rumors. So um, you know there, this isn't a rumor that or, or or a report that they're trying to trade up, but I just want to note that you know they have worked out several or either talked to or worked out several players that who are supposed to go way before eleven in Denny of, of Deja. Uh, Onyeko Kongu, like you mentioned earlier, Tyrese Halliburton, Isaac Okoro, Killian Hayes, Patrick Williams. Pat Williams was at 11. Now he's all, all of a sudden got to seventh and pretty much every single mock he shot up really quickly. So that's one part is that there's, there's players there that the Spurs have been speaking with or, or worked out that are, that are not supposed to be there at 11. Uh, I want to ask you about that. And then also the trading down, um, per John Hollinger of The Athletic, he recently wrote that if a player isn't there who San Antonio wants at 11, uh, they might try to talk to Boston about trading down for the 14 and 26 picks for their number 11. So what do you think about these, the, uh, just hearing that, the, 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 these, two, these two different scenarios? So Patrick Williams shooting up to seven angers me because I'm out here trying to, trying to hype up this man to go to the Spurs because I'm basically counting on a bunch of other teams to be dumb or to not value him at, at their picks that they have that are that high. And I figure out oh, the Knicks will definitely miss on this one because they're <laughs> the Knicks and they're at number nine. So if they miss on that, there's a good chance the Suns go with someone else because the Knicks just screwed up their pick. And so the Suns go with someone else. So that leaves the Spurs with Patrick Williams, but it, it's looking more and more like that will not be the case. Thank you, dummies, who have to say Patrick Williams was great. Uh, um, so Isaac Okoro would be awesome if he fell to the Spurs. I think it's a good value at 11 for him. Uh, also, Abdija, if Abdija somehow falls to 11, you definitely have to take him. Uh, same with Okongwu. So, you know, if I have to choose between those two guys, it's going to be a nightmare. I'm, I'm never going to – I'm not going to sleep that night. Um and then I, I don't think Killian Hayes falls to 11 for any reason, so I wouldn't really worry about him. But um, that's uh, I think some of it's due diligence. Some of it is, mm-hmm. yeah, we should do it just in case. Some of it is, let's work these guys out. We might be doing it. We've, we're thinking about a trade. It's in the back of our mind, so let's, let's be safe. Because, you know, some of these guys, you can't – you don't have the tape on them. You know, you don't have Avdija's tape. I mean, you, you have highlights and you have tape from playing in Israel, but that's, it's a different league. Yeah. So you, you, that's a guy you need to see in person and really understand what he's about. And uh, I would say the same with Killian Hayes. The other guys, you can go back and you can look at all their tape from all the years they've played in college, whether that's one or more, you know, more in the case of Halliburton. So that, those guys probably, I, I wouldn't be as worried about, but the, the uh, report from John Hollinger um, is something that I have been touting for a while. I yeah, I remember you wrote about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the Spurs can pull it off, if the Spurs can get those picks from the Celtics, because I think the Celtics have – they have three first-rounders. I think they have yeah, 14 they and mm-hmm. 30. If you can move down to 14 and 26 or 14 and 30 or somehow get all three, which I doubt would happen because Danny Ainge is a mad, evil scientist <laughs> when it comes to picks um, – that those are opportunities to get really good value guys. I think a Vernon Carey at 26 would be great or an Isaiah Stewart or someone like that would be fantastic. Uh, 14, I, I'd have to look a little more, but there, there are good players to be had in those ranges. So it's 11 is kind of an awkward pick. You really, you really have to find out what people are doing earlier in the draft. Cause I just get this feeling two or three teams are just going to screw up a pick early 
and it, and it's going to screw it's going to mess with the mojo of the rest of this draft people are you know some teams are going to panic and they're going to say oh why did they pick that guy that wasn't really what we were planning <laughs> what do we do now i don't know what to do with my hands you know so just have to be on the lookout for that have to keep calm stay steady but getting down to 14 and 26 would be awesome uh, again great value to be had in those picks yeah, so let's let's move on to our next um, you know topic here, and this is the latest mock. So again, last week we 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 had met and we had discussed you know where, where the mocks had most some of these players, and we and you discussed you know you, you gave me some more uh, details about them. But now let's go let's go through what the latest ones have. Um, you know, pretty much as of, as of today, a lot of these mocks have been updated, or I've, I've at least tried the last two two days. So like I was kind of disappointed last night when I made this outline, um, and I had sent it <laughs> sent it to uh, for you. Uh, the Ringer had not updated their 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 mock draft since November third. Well, then finally today they did, so then I was able to adjust my numbers in my uh-huh. in my spreadsheet and. Uh, um, all of a sudden now I don't have, cause I used to have a, a, a clear, concise, a number 11, it was Devin Vassell, but now it completely threw off my algorithm. And so now there's nobody at 11 that's like specifically there at 11. So, so here are the players. I know. So here are the players that are being mentioned. And uh, so like one mock that I, that I, that I see is Isaac Okoro. So t- t- just give us, uh, I guess listeners, you know, what, uh, why should the Spurs take him? Maybe, maybe why not? What, what do you think of Isaac Okoro if he lands at 11? Isaac Okoro immediately can be a defensive menace. Immediately. Mm-hmm. He, he is that good on defense. He has a lot to work on on his offensive game, but he's 6'6". He's long. He's really strong for his age. He's, he's, he only played one season at Auburn. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty young. He's 19. Um, the kid is a supreme athlete, a freak athlete, gets up and down the floor really well, can go up, play above the rim. Great for alley-oops and great for playing on the break. But outside of that, he's not really a shooter yet. He, he doesn't have any – his handles aren't as tight as they probably need to be. But, again, can contribute immediately on defense. Okay. Uh, two mocks that, that I look at, uh, they actually have Aaron Nesmith. Uh, he's a shooter, right, that you mentioned before? Yes. Professional oh, yeah. shooter. Professional shooter, yeah. Probably the best shooter in this class. Okay. I, I, he shot he, – I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I remember – I just know he shot an absolutely ridiculous number – from three-point range, and it was not on an insignificant amount of shots. He uh, he shot – he took, I want to say, almost 10 threes a game, and he was making more than 40%. He's not a slouch. He, he could be a 3-and-D guy. He's got he's to work on his D a little bit, but he's a guy who can come in and immediately let spark an offense and maybe be a microwave guy for the second unit. Okay, so this next player was one uh, player that you mentioned last week that who wasn't like on any of the mocks, but now apparently he is on one of them. Uh, Sadiq Bay, um, you just give us a, just kind of some 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 intel on him. People keep talking him into being a top ten pick now, and it's very upsetting to me. Oh, he's falling from what I see. Eleven, eighteen. Oh, he's falling. Okay, yeah. great. Keep falling. Yeah, his, his average range is fourteen as of right now. It's, so I see great. eleven, eighteen, twelve, thirteen, fourteen is where I see him. Fantastic. Love to hear that because Sadiq Bay at eleven would also be a great pick. Um, I have said that I like Patrick Williams over Sadiq Bay, but if Patrick Williams is going to go early in this draft, then Sadiq Bay at 11 would be fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite prospects this year, uh, at least for that pick, Villanova played under Jay Wright, so he's a smart guy. He knows how to play, good IQ, good shooter, can create a little bit off the dribble for himself, good defender, can guard two or three positions. Probably not as strong as Patrick Williams. He's a little on the lighter side, but again, that was 
you know, that was his listed way. He was listed at 216, I think, on the Villanova website on their official roster. But in the six months since we should have had a draft, you know, he's probably put on weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously I can't, I can't speak personally. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in workouts. I haven't really heard anything. But with all this extra time, you have to imagine guys are getting in the weight room. Guys are working out. They're getting, trying to get a little bigger. So I would imagine he's a little bigger by now, but we'll have to see. Okay. And then, and then the last player who's on a mock is a, is a player we did discuss last week. Uh, he was also there, uh, Devin Vassell. Just uh, another um, – so just some intel on him. Devin Vassell, I actually had the opportunity to listen to him. Uh, he was talking to some reporters, and he, was, he specifically was asked about the shooting video that became – Real scary for some Spurs fans. Um, he said it's not a big deal. He got to work out with teams a week after that video came out. None of the teams had any concerns. He addressed all of those concerns. It's not an issue anymore. I mean, still shot 40% from three this past year, so he's a good shooter. And he's a guy who could potentially guard two to three positions. His biggest thing is he's got to put weight on. He has to okay. put more weight on. Okay, so yeah, so those are where the latest mocks are. So now, Ben, I, w- I want to go through and just ask you some, some players that um, kind of, you know, the NBA has been starting these virtual press conferences with the, uh, with the draft picks that are expected to go in the first round uh, the, the, these next two weeks, or at least until the draft, should I say, not even two weeks away, <laughs> next week. Um, anyway, on Wednesday, uh, three players mentioned that they have sp- either spoken with the Spurs or worked out with them, and that is uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Isaac Okoro, who you've already discussed here, and Aaron Nesmith, which, who you've already discussed. So give us some intel on, on Halliburton. I know he's supposed to go way, way before the Spurs. He's, he's expected to go around seven, either eighth or seventh. I see a lot of mocks with him at eighth right now, and then one at four. So what's the, what's the latest? I mean, what, what is Halliburton? That is high. Intel on him. Uh, he, is, he is a really nice combo guard. He, he's got – if you, if you watch him play and you see his shot for the first time, you think to yourself, how does he make any shots with that form? But he's actually a really good shooter, uh, mostly spot up. And I think he, he can dribble into his three-point shot a little bit, but really nice guard. He could be a lead guard. He can handle the ball. He's initiated the offense for Iowa State and uh, pretty lengthy. He's long. And again, another guy has to put on weight, but that's, you know, that's the case with a lot of college players going to the pros. So it's not that big a deal. Um, but he, he's a nice little player. I'd like him. If he fell to 11, I wouldn't hate that pick either. There's a lot of guys who if they fell to 11, I wouldn't hate the pick. I'd hate the pick at six or seven, but I wouldn't hate it at 11. Um, two other players who, who, uh, who, who said they've spoken to the Spurs um, recently are, uh, on Thursday they said this, uh, that they've spoken to the Spurs, not, not on Thursday, but in the past, are Ty- Tyrese Maxey and Theo Maladon. Um, so I know that they're, they're both, um, you know, guards. They're both 6'3", I see here. Yeah, 6'3", and 6'4". So I, I noticed that you didn't, you know, write them up as prospect watches because, again, you, you haven't really been targeting smaller guards like, like we've talked about before. Uh, so, so just kind of what's the intel on, on those two players, um, uh, Maxi and, and Mallard, and also what are your thoughts about the Spurs, saying that the Spurs actually spoke to them or worked them out? Uh, again, I think it's part of due diligence. I think, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know Tyrese Maxi will be available at 11, so – yeah, he's supposed to go 15th. He's pretty – yeah, he, he's, he's, yeah, he's about mid. Yeah, he's, yeah he, he's a guy who, who would be available to them, I mm-hmm. imagine. Uh, so that, I think part of that was due diligence. Tyrese Maxey is a guard, but he is not a shooter. He is, he oh, is not okay. a three-point shooter at this point in time. Um, he could get there, though. He shoots decently on free throws. He's an 83% 
free throw shooter. Uh, rebounds decently for his size. He had about four rebounds a game, three assists a game, uh, but low low shooting percentage. So that's the issue. He's not really a shooter right now, and it's not it's not uh, it's not at the low level that. Isaac Okoro is. He's Tyrese Maxey can shoot it every now and then when he needs to, but um, he's got he's a guy who also has to learn how to finish. So I don't, mm. I would not feel confident with Tyrese Maxey at eleven, and I, I frankly don't know enough about Theo Maladin to say anything. I, I have not been paying much okay. attention to the cool. overseas stuff because this is a this is a year where a lot of college guys are coming out, and a lot of college guys are getting kind of the hype and getting talked about as the first rounders, you know, with the exception of, I guess, technically LaMelo ball. Cause he played overseas and a few other guys. Yeah. And so I, I just want to note that um, as far as Maladon, um, he, he did, he did uh, play for Oslo, who, who, which is the team that Tony Parker, um, former Spur owns as well. So maybe the Spur, you know, maybe Tony gave them some sort of tips or something. Hey, let's scout this guy. Maybe that's the only reason why. Tony! <laughs> yeah. So, and then I guess the, la- the last thing I'll note is that um, in his latest um, mock draft, uh, Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN did mention basically that the players you've been, you've been targeting, Ben, is that the Spurs are targeting from what he's hearing wings and bigs pretty much only. So it's kind of what you've been writing about all year is, is as, as they, should be yeah, so. don't even look at guards <laughs> so yeah that's what threw me off that they talked to these two guards like you said probably just doing their due diligence okay so ben um now let's go ahead and jump into the second round i, I know that um you know we didn't spend we didn't spend any time on, on the second round last week but uh i'm just gonna throw some players who i've kind of seen again second round is like just scattered there's no there's no average um, player at the at 41 for the spurs i'm just gonna throw some names at you that i've that i've seen on mocks but again it changes pretty much every single mock um big man um yudoka azabuki from kansas seven footer I've seen um, Reggie Perry, 6'10", um, a player out of, out of Mississippi State. And then also Grant, is it Riller or Ryler? I think um, it's Riller. Riller, okay, Grant Riller, 6'3", guard, another guard you see at, at, from Charleston. Charleston. Those, so the only, those are the only three players I've seen. But I know you've written a lot about different prospects in the second round. So go ahead and um, you know, just, just go ahead and discuss the second round with us. So as a Buki, really nice player, a guy who works really hard. Over the course of his four years at Kansas, he dropped a ton of weight. There was a point in time he was over 300 pounds. I, at, at the end of his senior year, he was 270. Mm-hmm. Was, so that's light for him. And he is a legit seven-footer. He, he's not supremely athletic, but he's got long arms. He's got a big body. He's a guy who knows how to use his size. He seals really well. He posts really well. He's got one or two go-to moves. And he just says, you know what? I'm going to power through you and dunk on you. Okay. Because he knows if he doesn't dunk on you, he's probably not finishing. Uh, not a good free throw shooter at all, but he had the highest field goal percentage in all of college last season because all of his shots were at the rim. So exciting in that regard. Can be a rim protector for you with his body. He's he's he, he's gotten much quicker and he can position himself well. Um, Grant Riller, I have just a little bit of knowledge of. He's mm-hmm. he's a good he's a nice little point guard. I think he can go out and he gets his own shot. He's a good shooter. Um, I think you can get into the lane. That's really all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Reggie Perry, another SEC guy that I like, I've I've seen some people commenting on him saying they like him at 41 to the Spurs, mm-hmm. and I would too. I think he's just he's a good solid big who's who's going to be able to learn and, and maybe even contribute right away, depending on the situation with the Spurs and, the, and if they make trades and if they let Pirtle go, things like that. So he, he's, he's got a nice game. He can shoot it a little bit, at, at the very least in the mid-range. And 
he's got an NBA ready body. He's not a guy who needs to put on weight. Okay. And then, so now who are some other players that you think that the Spurs cast listeners should look for um, that, that maybe that I didn't mention here. I know you've so written a lot about the prospects. <laughs> yeah, there's, there is uh, one guard who I really like. I actually just wrote him up. He's going to be available for you guys to, to read about soon. Uh, Sam Merrill out of Utah state. And so his biggest knock is that he's 24 years old, but he was on a Mormon trip or a Mormon mission trip for two years, which is why he is so much older than all the other prospects in this draft. He is also a professional shooter and not just catch and shoot. He go out, he can go out, he can create his own shot. He, he shoots it with very little space as well. And he shot over the course of four years, he shot 40, about 42% from three. The, the kid can flat out shoot. He's very much a JJ Redick type, except JJ Redick could never go out and really create his own shot. He was running off screens everywhere and getting that, getting the shots that way. And Merrill can do that as well, but he can also, but the, his biggest addition is that he can create his own shot. And so he's, he's another guy. He's, you know, it might take him a year or two to, to only be half a step slow rather than two steps slower than the guy he's defending. But in the second round, it might be worth it. Um, another guy I really like is Paul Reed out of DePaul, 6'9", but he is really long, a really lanky player, blocks shots because he's, people don't expect his hands, hands to be coming out of nowhere like they do. And he's got a nice little mid-range. I think he can shoot from three a little bit as well. Solid defender. So a guy I like, he's, he's played college two or three years, so he is, he is ready to make the jump. Yeah, he might be there. I see him here in, in these mocks. I'm having him at 37 at the lowest, and all of it, and then all of it as high as 53. So he's kind of in that range for sure. He could probably be there yeah. at 41 for the Spurs. Um, anybody uh, else bigger? There, there were one or two more guys who I really liked. Uh, Najee Marshall out of Xavier, six seven, um, can has a decent handle. Probably needs to tighten it up a little more, but he was asked to do more at Xavier this past year, and he stepped up and did it. He was a better shooter, better passer. So that's something I can appreciate. And a guy I really like, I think, would be sneaky good. Is Cassius Stanley. And yeah, he's six six. He's probably falls into that guard category, but you might be able to play him at three in a small ball lineup. But this is another kid who is a freak athlete, and that's what attracts me to him. He can play above the rim. He he can go out and he can lock down guys as well. He and Trey Jones were the best defenders on that Duke team last year. And if Trey Jones hadn't been there for a year or two already more people would probably be talking about Cassius Stanley as a great defender. So I like his game. I think it translates well. And frankly, I think Spurs fans would love to see more players above the rim making plays. We can only stand so many LaMarcus Aldridge mini hooks and turnaround fadeaways. And pick and pop mid-rangers from 17. Yeah, pick and pop. Yeah, Listen, you know, go ahead. I get it. It's not the sexy stuff that gets the job done, but every now and then you got to reward fans. 
0.80 points per shot. Um, anyway, real quick on, on Cassius um, Stanley. So one thing to, to note, Spurs cast listeners, is that um, you know he's pretty much there at, at 41. It looks like in a lot of these mocks um, right now, I have him as 40 on one, 42, and then also the high, lowest is 51. So about average range is about 44. Um, I want to ask you about two players that that I've seen the Spurs, you know, either spoken with or worked out. And these are one of them is a player who you've written about before. Um, but although I think he might get taken before, no, he's right at 37 is his average range of uh, Daniel Oturo, 6'10 big out of Minnesota. What, what, what can you tell the Spurs cast this was about him or, or maybe or have you fallen off on him? What, what do you think about him? Cause the Spurs I have definitely have fallen off on him. I, I like him. 6'10 okay. big body, uh, not terribly athletic, but he can help you. He can help you protect a rim. He can get up. He can, he athletic enough to help you there. Uh, his range is expanding. I actually saw – it's funny you say his name because I saw a video for him. It was either today or yesterday. And he was he was shooting in the mid-range. I think he shot some threes and he looked pretty good. So I was very ecstatic about that. I was like, Daniel Otoro, more than a back-to-the-basket big man. I can appreciate <laughs> that. And he made – from his freshman to his sophomore year, he made a, a major leap in production – so I think you, you have to look at that and you have to give him credit for that. You have to consider that when you're drafting him. I think he, he almost averaged a 2010 year last year. And in the Big Ten, which is known for its big men, they had, they had uh, you know, the runner-up to the player of the year, Luca Garza. And I think Otoro had to play him, I want to say twice, but I don't know. I can't remember if the Big Ten plays around Robin. Mm-hmm. But – I mean, he's going up against big dudes in the and he's not shying from contact. He is not he, he is no wallflower, I'll say that. Okay. Um, I want to ask you about another player. This isn't a player you've written about, but um, I've seen him uh, that the, he's at least spoken or, or worked out with the Spurs, and that's Omer Omer Yurt seven, seven footer from Georgetown. Uh what, yes. what kind of what, what what's going on with him? I made. I'm not gonna lie. I made this joke earlier today, but I wanted to say it again on the podcast. It's better than Omer Yurt six, um, <laughs> but I don't know if he'll be as as good as the guy that comes after him, Omer Yurt eight. So we'll we'll see what version comes. But uh, on the real, uh, mm-hmm. started at NC State, was there two years, transferred to Georgetown. Who you know, Georgetown has a legacy of big men, obviously. For those who keep track, Alonzo Mourning, Patrick Ewing, several others. So, you know, it was a good it was a good fit for him. He, he's a legit seven footer. You can, I mean, you can't teach size. He's he's pretty big. He, he can move his feet fairly well. He's not a shooter though. He has he has a really long wind up shot that just isn't going to work at the next level. Uh, I think his free throw percentage has been improving, but I, I would I. That's not a guy I'd look at at 41, and I think on a – I don't know what his average draft position yeah, is. He's, but a, he's pretty late. about 56 from one. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, on some of the ones I've seen, he hasn't even been on there. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not on most either. I only see him on one, honestly. Like, so, yeah, so okay. that's for sure. Yeah, he's – so 56 is – but the reason why I wanted to ask about it was just because I, I have seen somewhere that he's either spoken with or worked out for the Spurs. That's why I wanted to um, ask you about him. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll close it off here with the second round part. Um, I want to ask you about one player you, who you have written about, um, six seven. Um, Jordan Nora out of Louisville. Um, uh, what's what's because he's about forty. I mean, his his average range range that could be, you know that could be potentially be right there for the Spurs. I've liked and, him as a sneaky good second round wing player. I've liked him for a long time. 
And I'm glad no one else sees that. <laughs> because I need the Spurs. I would be ecstatic if the Spurs drafted oh, okay. him. Um, he's, he shoots the three well. He handles well. He, he was Louisville's offense for a lot of games the last two years. And uh, between Rick Pitino leaving and Chris Mack and an interim head coach, you know, he's gone. He's seen some things. He's a grizzled veteran at this point in the college basketball game. But between having two different coaches being recruited by a different one altogether, you know, going through those different offenses and still putting up his numbers, I think is impressive. And I, I, he's, he's a little slow. He probably can't guard more than two positions, mm-hmm. but his offensive game is just is too good to pass up, and you know shooting makes up for a multitude of sins, and he can do that. Okay, so yeah, so 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 those are some Spurs cast. I mean, it's not some Spurs cast. Some uh, second round picks to look at to look for Spurs cast listeners uh, that Ben mentioned there. And again, check out his work over on ProjectSpurs.com. Like he mentioned, we will have um, he on the site. We're going to have uh, Sam Merrow up pretty soon here. Uh, ben just wrote about him, so make sure you check that out um, as well. Uh, this latest prospect watch, and then we, you know we're pretty much almost there. We're almost you know we're about we're less than a week away from the draft now. So um, hallelujah. Yes, it's finally here. I know you've been writing, man. That's that's a long time to be writing about this draft, considering you know with the pandemic that hit, and so you had a delay. Just, you know, just ready for that that first music to come on, and you know it's gonna feel like the John Cena theme song. I'm just gonna walk out. That's Ben's <laughs> music. <laughs> so yeah so we'll see what happens um yeah so so let's find out you know next week that'll be a fun time you know especially with all the other stuff with trades and signing i mean free agency starting next week as well so it's going to be a long two or three weeks coming up here uh, very not a long time like, i would say chaotic uh, next two or three weeks here all right so just a quick a few few quick plugs before we end this episode uh, make sure you're checking out projectspurs.com as you all know we, there's a lot of trade rumors breaking news going on so make sure you're, you know we're writing that up over on project Spurs to make sure you're following our site also uh, i've been doing these little they're not they're not real newsletters but they're like that newsletter format where like i've taken the day's news and i've kind of written about it provide a little bit more context called the, the wrap-up so i've been i've been putting those out each day with the latest rumors and, and just little, little notes here here and there and i've also been updating on these draft projections as well um thanks to ben again for joining me here on the spurs cast and also to michael de Leon for mixing and producing this episode from all of us at project spurs stay safe and have a great day MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.